Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby, and we've got a ton of stuff to talk about today, both football and basketball, and there's no one to break all this down uh, with better than our special guest today. It's been far too long. Josh Vitale of the Montgomery Advertiser. How are you, my long-lost friend? I'm doing great, Zach. It is good to hear your voice again. It's been too long. It, it has been, and I know it's not a Monday. You're still the perfect Monday guest, but uh, Thursdays Thursdays will have to work this time, man. So, uh, when we scheduled this earlier today, I did not expect us to be talking about Auburn having an open practice on Saturday. What? Yeah, that was a weird thing uh, coming from someone who has covered only Gus Malzahn at Auburn. Yeah. And, you know, Gus Malzahn, like we got to go to practice as reporters a few times, um, but it was like 20 minutes. You saw some individual drills and stretch. And I was like, all right, you know, get out. We're going to start doing football stuff now. You can't see this. Um, again, which is understandable, but it is cool to to me to see Brian Harson coming in here and saying, "Hey, you know, it's early. It's a spring practice. Auburn's not going to be installing the offense for Penn State like this weekend. They're not going to be, you know, showing the plays they're going to run." So it's cool that they're letting the fans in Jordan Hare Stadium to get to know this program that that he's leading. That's that's a good way to kind of open yourself up to this fan base that you are trying to, you know have welcomed you in. Auburn fans have done that, and he's doing his part. Do you think this is – he's mentioned several times first impressions. I think he mentioned it, you know, in his inaugural presser on Christmas Eve, and then, you know, he mentioned it a few times when he talked about it on Wednesday. You know, you only get one time to make a first impression. Is is he doing that with Auburn fans right now, or is this going to be a normal thing, you think? No, I'm, I'm not sure, honestly. I mean, we're, I'm, I'm kind of learning him the same way, you know, fans are. Sure. Um, same as you, but it's, you know, it is it is a great first impression to be like, hey, you know, you want to see what this team is going to look like. Well, don't just let me talk about it. Like, come out and look. We'll be, we'll be at Jordan-Hare Stadium practicing Saturday. Come hang out and watch. Like, that, that to me is a cool thing. You don't see it a lot in college football these days because coaches do love their secrecy, and I do get it. Again, like, if, it, if this was, you know, Georgia week during the regular season, I'll guarantee you not a single soul is watching Auburn practice during Georgia week. But it's the, you know, it's the first Saturday of spring. Games are months away. They're just getting this thing started. It's probably going to be a lot of very basic stuff. Let the fans come out and just see the guys on the field. That'll, that'll be a cool experience for fans who love Auburn and don't get to see them practice ever. Yeah, and, and you get a chance to go into Jordan-Hare Stadium. This may be a good opportunity for folks that maybe can't go to games for whatever reason. But yeah, fans can go uh, enter Jordan-Hare uh, gate 12, starting at 11 o'clock local time, and then practice will start at 11.30, and Auburn's asking folks to park in the Auburn arena lot. What kind of stuff do you think they're going to do, Josh? Do you think this is going to be normal, like, one-on-one stuff, maybe for wide receivers and linemen, maybe some some seven-on-seven passing patterns, maybe offense versus defense? I mean, what, do you, what kind of stuff do you think we'll see? I guess it'll be, it'll be pretty basic. I don't think Auburn's going to do anything close to a real scrimmage. It sounded like Brian Harson was waiting until after the first week to do that. I think actually Saturday might only be their first practice in full pads. Right. So 
I'm not sure how much they'll get into, you know, 11 and 11, but I think you'll see some of that stuff. Um, you'll see the normal stuff, probably, you know, individual player drills. You'll see the team stretch, which I've seen a lot of in my day. Super fun. Right. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I think it'll be, you know, I, I think personally, I think people will realize watching practice that really practice is probably pretty boring. Like it's just, <laughs> it, it's a practice. The team's working. It's like, if you go to uh, spring training and watch the team do BP, like it's really cool to be there. But after a while, you're like, all right, it's just guys swinging the bat over and over again. Right. Um, that's what it is. But for for Auburn, a place that doesn't allow this for fans who have never seen this, it'll be cool just to witness it in person. Because this is not common. I think if Auburn opened practice every single day, by the third or fourth one, he'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to go back to that. It's the same as yesterday. But for the first time since probably the Tuberville era that Auburn is opening a practice. Right. Like it'll be cool for fans to see. I think. Do you think it'll matter, you know, which offensive linemen are with the first group and which defensive linemen are with the first group? I mean that I think we'll get some information out of it. I think, I think think for sure as reporters, definitely. I think we'll get to see, you know, where guys are aligned, who's playing where, which groups are together. And I think that'll be good. um, Just to really get an idea of where, you know, this coaching staff is leaning as it starts to put together, you know, its roster. And, you know, these might not be the final answers. You, if we go and see, you know, player X at defensive tackle, it's not going to be, well, he's a starter. We saw it on that day. But, you know, we'll get an idea of where guys are being lined up. And um, maybe we'll get to see if they do some 11 and 11. Maybe we'll get to see what a 3-4 front looks like with Derek Mason running it or what a three-man front looks like or, you know, you know, who's playing those outside linebacker spots. I think there could be there there could be some stuff to glean just as far as personnel and how they're gonna use them. I haven't talked to you about, you know, anything, you know, we haven't chatted in a while. So the Derek Mason hype and the three four hype, is all that hype legitimate or are we talking about this three four thing a little too much? I think I don't I don't think you're gonna see Auburn run a hundred percent three, four defense is what we do now. I think you're going to see Auburn do a lot of both. Yeah. I think you'll see some three man fronts. I think you'll see some four man fronts. I read a story from Adam Sparks of the Tennessean who covered Derek Mason at Vanderbilt. And this is back in 2018. Uh, Vanderbilt started with a, started the game with a three man front, I believe eight out of 12 times. But in those games played 80 to 85% of its snaps with four down linemen. So it's not going to be like, you know, with Kevin Steele, Auburn played a four-two-five defense. That was the defense every time out. Four-two-five. I think Derek Mason. You'll see a little bit more versatility, more multiplicity in the way they line up. But I don't think it's going to be a gigantic, massive like, oh my god, what is this? this is the craziest change I've ever seen? You, you might just, you know, you might see that that where in the past it was a you know a buck defensive end lining up basically as the fourth man in the four-three. You might see that guy, you know, off the line as you know more of a three, four outside linebacker or a, you know, a stand-up edge rusher uh, than you have in the past. How are you feeling about this offensive line? Nick Brahms talked about it um, on Wednesday a little bit as far as, you know, a lot of experience, all the guys that started last year coming back, even if you want to count Brandon Council and Keandre Jones, both the starters, everybody's coming back. Do you think... Harson is going to care about that experience or is he going to say, nope, I'm looking for a certain type of mentality, a certain type of dude? Because that's been my biggest thing with Auburn's offensive line over the past few years is, okay, I think athleticism is fine. I think size and strength is fine, but they just haven't really like 
been mean. You know, they haven't really been aggressive. They haven't really wanted to push dudes around. Is Harson going to look at the stuff from last year and say, okay, I'm either, I either need to change the mentality up front or find dudes who have that mentality. Do, do you think he's going to go with one of those routes over the other? It's hard to say, you know, not knowing Harson that well and not knowing Will Friend at all, the new position coach there. But I think having the returning experience helps. Um, it's better than not having it. So you, Auburn knows it has eight guys who have started games in the SEC. That matters. Um, but I think what you're looking for is kind of what that best group is, which seems obvious, but Auburn's been trying to do this for two years. It never really got to find that group last year. Excuse me. It seemed like it got there for a second uh, in that Ole Miss game when the offense really started moving the ball. Then Brandon Council gets hurt. Mm -hmm. And from there, it was just, it was constant. It was guys in that for Darius Ham got injured. Uh, I think Tayshawn Manning missed the game. Alec Jackson missed a couple of games. So Auburn really never got to solidify a five-man group and say, this is our offensive line. So I think that'll be the biggest key this spring. And you, again, you're already down one without Brandon Council, but you want to see Auburn find that five and let that five come together because that's so important. Talk about it all the time. It's it's that, that continuity up front. Um, I think that's more important than attitude or anything like that. I mean, because the talent deficit that Auburn has there is still going to be there. But if that group gets to play together and gets time to grow and improve, it, it has to be better than it was last season. You're listening to Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. It's the cheapest place to buy uh, any kind of auto parts for your car, truck, or your SUV. And your know, chain stores, they have different price tiers for professional mechanics, uh, than they do like for do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's, their prices are the same for everybody, so that means they are reliably low because there's no middleman. They're going straight from RockAuto.com to your front door. Uh, RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years, and guys, they're really, really good at it. It shows. So I encourage you to head over to RockAuto.com Right now, and see all the parts that are available for your, your car or your truck or your SUV, right? Locked on Auburn. And there, how did you hear about us, Box? And they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That's at rockauto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Josh Vitale of the Montgomery Advertiser joining us today. So you mentioned you're still getting um, getting to know Brian Harson, as is pretty much everyone in Auburn, unless you're one of the you know the Boise folks that that came over with him. What has stood out to you about him so far? I mean, obviously people tend to hang on to every word he says when he's at the podium. We've seen that only a handful of times so far, but every time he talks, people get fired up. But what what stands out to you about him as somebody covering this team very closely? Uh, he is very involved. 
like all coaches are, you know, involved, but like he, he, he's, he's the CEO, but he's also like, we saw in a video from, from Monday's practice, he's like holding the tackle pad for someone to hit during a drill. Like he's out in the middle of stuff. He seems very much a hands-on type of CEO. Like he's going to be in the middle of everything. He's going to be a part of everything. Mike Bobo is going to run the offense, call the plays, but Brian Harson's going to be in that quarterback room because that's, that's his background. That's where he comes from. That's what they like to do. So I think that's the biggest thing. And the other one, and this one's really easy. The guy's intense. Yeah. Like he's not like a, a happy go lucky. Like I like he's here on a mission to win football games. And he's that, that's the sole focus the, the one and oh, fourth and one mentality, all that stuff that, I mean, even when talking about the press conference, like he's dead serious at all times. He, he means business. He's intense. Um, I think in talking to players, I think they, you've seen them react to that. They like that culture. He's instilled that like, you know, this is intense. It's, it's attention to detail. It's all this stuff, but you know, we're taking it seriously. Do you anticipate that there are some players in the locker room that maybe don't like it that are used to kind of the more laid back culture, or do you think everybody likes it? I mean, it's possible. I, I don't know. We've only talked to three players so far. We won't talk to all, you know, a hundred of them. Right. Um, but I think that's natural um, when you change coaches because it, it is tough. I mean, all these guys, not all these guys, some of them did time with, you know, this new staff, but most of these guys, the guys I talked to today, uh, Bo Nix, Owen Papo, Nick Brahms, they signed to play with Gus Malzahn. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that was the coach they signed for. And to have that guy ripped away basically not your choice and have a new guy come in that is incredibly challenging because there's a lot of trust and a lot of relationship built up between your coaches. And when you lose that, it's like, okay, well, this is kind of a weird thing. Um, it'd be probably the same if you were at a job and you know, your boss got fired and someone new came in, you have to kind of like figure out, all right, how does this guy work? Where do I fit? Does he like me? Does he not like me? Um, but it sounded like from those three guys that the, these coaches have done a great job of trying to build those relationships with the players, uh, players are reacting to it, which is what you want to see because you don't want a splintered locker room. You want guys to believe in what the coach is doing. It seems like we've seen that. Um, could that change? Could guys transfer after the spring? Always. It's constant in college football. But um, to hear, you know, team leaders like, you know, Owen, uh, Bo and, and Nick kind of step up to the podium and say, you know, we like what Brian Arson and his coaching staff is doing, that should give Auburn fans I guess, some optimism about you know, where the program is headed in the very immediate future. Yeah, and circling back to, to the first point you made about Harson, with he wants his hands on everything, very controlling. I mean, some kind of, you know, anonymous quotes from people on his staff and that people know him well that people have written about is, um, you know, calling him like a, a control freak. And I don't think it's a bad thing because clearly he, he's been successful everywhere that he's been, but... It's interesting because you heard the same thing about Malzahn as far as wanting to control everything and being involved too much and all that. But for some reason, it's it seems significantly, drastically different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think with with Malzahn, people use that because people started to dislike Malzahn. So anything they heard about it, they you you spin it negatively because people just didn't like Malzahn anymore, which is you know given the way things ended, sort of understandable. Yeah. Um, but I always argued for Malzahn, that hands-on control freakness, like that is being a college football coach. 
you cannot be a hands-off college football coach. It's your organization. You are the guy in charge of it. If, if things go bad, it's not anyone else's fault, but yours. So you have to have be in everything. And I think like you said, Harson is probably no different. He's probably involved in every little thing. Right. And he, he's going to put trust in his coaches to go pick targets to recruit, um, to, you know, for Derek Mason and Mike Bobo, they're going to run the offense and defense. Um, but he's going to be involved in everything because that's his job as the head coach. And if you don't like that, um, then you don't like any head coach because you think Nick Saban's not involved in literally everything. You think Dabo Sweeney's not involved in literally everything that happened. Right. That's their job. They're involved. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, but I think it's okay to forget about football for a second in the betting sphere because it's time for some March Madness. And betonline.ag is the best way to get in on the NCAA tournament. And of course, they've got you covered for all your news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to keep up with all of your bets, and it's free to sign up. Betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts, but head over to their website, use your mobile device, use your computer, your laptop, whatever, and you can receive your 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKEDON. That is at betonline.ag. We've been telling you about the best built bar, you know, the, the best tasting protein bar on the market, in the world, on the planet, in the universe. <laughs> We've been talking about built bar for a while now. Of course, uh, built bar, the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. I guarantee if you order one and buy one, builtbar.com, you will, uh, you'll think it's a candy bar. It's delicious. And uh, it's, we're in the middle of built bar madness. Built bar wants to know, According to you guys, Built Bar connoisseurs, what is the best tasting protein bar? What's the best flavor? So head over to BuiltBar.com and vote in today's matchup or check out their Twitter, bar underscore built. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. LOCKED15, 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Josh. Uh, give us a give us kind of an updated thing. What what can folks expect uh, from the Montgomery Observer uh, these days? Excuse me, Montgomery Advertiser uh, these days. I'm sure you got a lot of good stuff coming out. Oh yeah, we got we got content flowing. Spring practice is up and running finally. So we're you know talking to Brian Harson. We're talking to players. Uh, we're talking to coordinators Mike Bobo and Derek Mason next week. So I have stories on, on all these things, trying to give you as much insight as we can as to, to what Auburn players and coaches are saying, not just, you know, my words as a, as a guy on Twitter, but, you know, what the people inside the program are saying. That's what, as a fan, you want to read about. You want to read about what Bo Nix thinks going into his third season. You want to know what Nick Brahms thinks about the offensive line, and we're going to try to share that all with you at MontgomeryAdvertiser.com. MontgomeryAdvertiser.com. Josh Vitale joining us, and uh, I want to get your thoughts on all the, the latest developments regarding Auburn basketball, but just one last football thing. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday evening, but Thursday when this comes out, today uh, Auburn will be partaking in its pro day. What kind of access do you guys have to that? Uh, very little. Yeah. Uh, we're not invited this year, understandably, due to the COVID-19 concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be as much the NFL's decision as anyone else. Sure. Um, but we will get results. Uh, we will get to talk to players after they're done working out. Um, so we'll get a little bit of insight in what goes on. And it will be it will be interesting to see, you know, obviously, I mean, all eyes are going to be on that Anthony Schwartz 40 time. Because sure. it's going to be his, his lone chance to run it because um, there is no official combine. So it'll be it'll be cool 
uh, to see what time it is. It's a bummer that we don't get to see it live, but uh, hopefully uh, someone is nice enough on the inside to take some video and share it with us. And I think NFL Network will be there. I think, I don't know if they'll be doing it live or not, but I did see something about the NFL Network being there. Maybe maybe they'll show us when it's all said and done, they'll send some tape up. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm sure whatever Schwartz does, that will be all over Auburn Twitter. Uh, <laughs> understandably yeah, so. You'll, you'll see it. Yeah, so that, that'll be fun. Um, all right, so basketball. Uh, right before uh, we went on to record this, we got news. Jamal Johnson yeah, has entered the transfer portal, so now this is the second guard for the Tigers uh, entering the transfer portal in uh, just like the last seven days or so. So um, initial thoughts on this, Josh. I, I still personally don't think it's a huge deal, but I think he would have had a solid chance to be um, a pretty decent backup point guard if he got more reps in that spot, but uh, that's not going to happen in Auburn. Yeah, my first reaction was just that this is a guy who probably wants to go be a guy somewhere. Yeah. Um, obviously, if Jamal Johnson came back, he would have had a role at Auburn. There's no doubt about that. But that role might have been as, you know, a backup point guard playing, you know, 10 minutes a game there. It might be as a, a, a shooting guard on the wing. But, you know, some guys might want to just, might get to a point where they say, hey, I only have two years left. I want to go be a starter. I want to go play 30 minutes a game. I want to be a guy for a team. Um, I respect that personally. Yeah. Um, he made a decision he thought that was best for him. And, yeah, you know, Auburn will miss him. Uh, he was a good leader for this team, especially a really young team, one of being one of the lone veterans. He was a good shooter off the bench. Uh, he loved the team and made threes. Uh, he's a solid contributor. But, you know, you look, um, Auburn's, Bringing back Alan Flanagan, more than likely. Uh, Devin Cambridge is going to come back. Um, it's been in the market for for some transfer guards, so we've seen Auburn's name pop up in consideration for a few of the big names out there. And it's got Trey Alexander coming in, who, by all accounts, is going to be an absolute stud because uh, he was in, college, in high school. excuse me. Um, so it, it, it's a loss that you know Auburn doesn't want to have this loss. Um, it's a loss that, that hurts some. Um, but it's not like Auburn's going to be in a in an oh crap position because Jamal Johnson left. It has a lot of talent coming back, right? And some people, and I think this is Auburn fans being um, being optimistic. But Sharif Cooper tweeting uh, on Wednesday, "Quote me on this." Got a lot more to prove, and so I think you could take that anyway. It's very cryptic, but I mean, do you think there's any mm-hmm. chance he comes back? You know, I, I've come to the conclusion that I would not be surprised either way. Sure. Because I can understand both sides of the decision. Like, if you said he's coming back, I can see why that makes sense. If you say he's leaving, I can easily see why that makes sense. Um, so my, my messaging to everyone who's asked me is, is I'm not speculating. I'm not going to say whether I think he's coming back or leaving. I think either is very possible. He will do one of the two. He will either play here next year or he will go to the NBA. (laughs) Um, I'm going to let him announce that decision whenever he feels is necessary. Um, I think eventually you'll hear that he's testing the NBA draft waters because unlike football, basketball is nice and lets players do that, which is super cool. Right. Um, Yeah, Sharif Cooper should have every chance to go talk to NBA teams and see where he's at what they're going to say about him. Well, and and Josh, that report's going to come out, right? That report's going to come out where, like, Cooper's going to be testing the NBA draft waters, Flanagan. uh, Maybe a JT Thor. Yeah, JT Thor, sure. Jalen Williams, possibly. So, 
Yeah. And, and I can already see it now. Auburn fans freaking out. The four guys are going to yep. go or, you know, quote tweeting, you know, some initial tweet that broke the news saying like, there's no, no way no, this guy yeah. gets drafted, yada, yada, yada. And yep. it's like, so I, I'm just, you know, for folks listening that are kind of, you know, unfamiliar, because a lot of this is new to a lot of Auburn fans that are kind of you yeah. know, just getting into the realm of college basketball or getting into, you know, following a team is actually putting guys into the NBA, you know, like Austin Wiley did this. Um, I think Bryce Brown and Jared Harper both did it when they chose to come back as well. So, yep. uh, yep. yeah, this is a very normal thing that's going to happen in the next few weeks. Yeah, and there's literally no downside to it. I mean, if you're an Auburn fan, there's a downside in that they might hear, oh, hey, you're a lottery pick, and they might leave. So that's a downside. I shouldn't say it, no downside. But for the players themselves, it's great because you either, A, pull an Isaac Okoro and learn, oh, I'm going to be a top five pick. I got to go. Mm-hmm. Um or Chumo Kiki and learn, I'm going to be a top, you know, 16 pick. All right, I'm leaving. Or you're a, a Jared Harper and Bryce Brown after their sophomore and junior seasons saying, all right, we've gone out. Well, I've learned that I'm not going to be drafted, but I've also learned from NBA personnel what I need to work on, what I need to be better at. These are the things I need to work on when I go back to Auburn. Um, to learn that stuff is incredibly valuable because you, you can't, you, you get coaching at Auburn, of course, from Bruce Pearl and his staff, but, to hear from NBA personnel, the best coaches and scouts and talent analyzers in the world, uh, that, hey, you know, we see this, you need to work on, you know, your dribble pull-up game, or you need to be better with your ball handling, you need to do this. Incredibly valuable feedback. Um, so that is that is good for Auburn. So when you see Sharif Cooper declare, I mean, you can continue to panic that he might leave, because he might leave you, but right. that declaration right then won't be a sign that he is 100% for sure gone. It's just him doing the best thing for him, which is testing the waters and seeing what's out there. Josh Vitale, thank you so much for your time. Once again, tell folks where they can find you on socials and find all your content and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Vitale. That's J-O-S-H-V-I-T-A-L-E. And you can read all my stories on MontgomeryAdvertiser.com. And Zach... Thank you so much for having me on, man. It's good to, good to hear your voice on these airwaves again. Absolutely, man. I won't wait as long next time. That is 100% my fault. <laughs> yeah, next, so it was like, it's been a year. Next time we'll do like half a year. Gosh, I hope it's not that long. Slow it down. I no, hope it's not I that long. I hope not either. I hope not either. That's Josh Vitale. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.